This message was presented at the GYC 2010 No Turning Back Conference in Baltimore, Maryland. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the opportunity that you're giving us to get together here in this meeting. Father, you know that in my heart I have the desire to share what you have done in my life and the experiences that you um, gave me the opportunity to live, Father. Help me to be a good witness and uh, that everybody that is here can benefit and can grow in your relationship with you as a result of what I share with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, first thing, I am really excited to be here. Um, from one side, I just need to tell you, um, it is nice to see other women and people that share the same burden that I share. Of uh, As a professional Christian woman, I, I, um, it's limited the relationship that I have with other Christian professionals that um, share the burden for sharing Jesus Christ in the workplace. Um, one of the things that we have as an objective in this seminar is we want to share, Amy and I, we wanted to share um, what God has put in our hearts, but we wanted to make sure we share with you how to be a successful Christian woman in the workplace. Now, let's define successful, because I think when we talk about successful, what it comes to your mind is the worldly definition of what is successful. In our mindset, what is successful is that as a Christian woman, you in, in the midst of the demands of your work, you can keep your relationship with God. And at the same time, you're able to successfully share the good news of salvation with the people that God allows you to work with. And at the same time, you can also have a personal life balance, work life, how they call it. So that is why we have the different topics uh, for these seminars. And I just want to give you a high-level overview how we are going to um, actually um, organize the whole, all the topics. First thing, I just want to tell you that I'm sharing these seminars with Amy Shepard. Amy Shepard, I was actually thrilled when I found out that I was presenting with her, co-presenting with her, because it is so nice when you have just a different perspective of a very important topic. You have me uh, with 15 years of experience in the corporate world, and then and five years of experience in the educational system, and then you have Amy, um, a professional uh, woman that um, is just entering into the workforce that has some experiences. I think between both of us, you will actually connect, okay? So um, the first thing that I wanna also clarify in all our topics is, by nature, you will see that I will tend to mention corporate world. That was my world. It was almost like there was nothing else but that. But when we are talking, the things that we are going to be talking over here are going to be um, applicable or is the same in any work environment. It could be a hospital. It could be a school. It could be a manager of a retail store. It just is applicable to any of the circumstances that you're working on. It's just that by nature, I will say worker, see, if I say that, just don't, just ignore, zoom out at that point when I say corporate. Um, you, when I share my testimony tomorrow, tomorrow at 11, I think the plenary session, I will be sharing my testimony and you will understand. I may share some, you know, things here and there, 
Um, it is the first time, by the way, that I'm sharing this uh, with the audience at GYC. Um, and I am really thrilled about it. Now, saying all that, let me see if there is anything else that I, it was important for me. Um, first thing is, where is my changing thing? Okay. Um, let me just tell you a little bit about myself, and that will give you a little bit of perspective. Uh, right now, I am um, the chair of the Business Administration Program at Washita Hills College in Arkansas. But be prior to that, um, I worked 15 years in the corporate world. Uh, that includes places as Edna and GE, and Allianz a couple of uh, last year the, in my corporate experience. So everything that I will be sharing with you, it just comes from my heart because I enter into the corporate world as a Christian woman. Um, and um, when I started working in the corporate world, I was new to the Adventists. I got baptized like three or four years before I started working. So I learned actually in the hard way, but it was a very effective way. <clears throat> Sorry. Because when you go through experiences like the ones that I went through, um, you really learn. It's like no turning back. You really learn in the hard way, but you just take forever in you. Mm. Now, let's see if this works. Okay. One of the things that I come with, <clears throat> I come with a earnest <clears throat> desire to share with you um, <clears throat> the sense of responsibility that I feel we all have. Um, I really had a privilege of uh, working with people that basically we lived in our office. Um, I know what it is to go to the office at 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning to be able to read my emails. I know what it is to leave at 10 and 11 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night. Um, you basically leave over there. You almost find that you spend more time with these people than with your family. Because when you go home, what do you do? You're just dead tired. And there is no time to even talk with your spouse. And it is true. I'm just talking real situations. I am just so thankful that I have a very wonderful spouse that he was not only patient, but he always found his way to find time with me. And, um, and I will share with you how God, the Lord transformed my heart. But um, I will tell you that when I um, traveled with these people, many of them were, I don't know if you had that experience, but there are some people that are very intimidating. Um, in my case, it was in the corporate world, very intimidating. They have this strong, very solid walk and also um, a communication style that tend to intimidate anybody that is new to the company. And I like because I see heads just nodding. So that's fine. It was not my only experience. You know, I'm not the only one. But I will tell you that after I spend time with them, I will tell you one thing. I just found that many of them are such a soft-hearted people that it was amazing. It was amazing that I sometimes believe that they had this strong personality to protect their soft heart. But it just it took time to figure that one out. It took time and patience, time and patience. Um, so when I am sharing this with you, my hope is that you can just get energized and inspire that in your work experience, you can actually reach out to those souls. 
Those are souls that God is already calling them. God is already calling them. But we need, I, I was always impressed with this um, quote. The gospel, the Prometical Ministry, um, page 312, it says, the gospel invitation is to be given to rich and poor, the high and the low. And we must devise means for carrying the truth into new places and to all classes of people. Now, let me just ask you this. When and how are you going to witness to somebody where their lives is basically in a very secure place to get into those buildings? Sometimes it's not, it's actually impossible. And not only that, that they just get in at 3, leave at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. Tell me how are you going to be able to reach to them? When they get home, the least thing that they want is somebody knocking at their doors. It is very, very hard. The, just the time that they have during the weekend, the only thing that they want to do is actually rest and be with their family. So we do have a, actually a window of opportunity that is amazing, and I want to share this with you. Uh, do you know that there's 157 million people in the workforce right now in the United States? 157 million people in the workforce. Now, what I did was I said, you know, let me just think about 30% of them are the ones that work from 5 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. How many are those people? 47 million of them. So you are talking of 47 million people that we do have an opportunity to reach out while we are uh, working with them, while God put us in, actually in contact with these people. For me, it is overwhelming. So we need more of you out there. Even though this seminar was actually labor for um, female or women, let me just tell you one thing. 90% of what we're going to be sharing here is applicable to all. It's just applicable to all. You will see that in the second seminar, that is the part when we probably talk on more things that are challenges for, um, for women. Um, now... I forgot, I said I was going to do something and then I forgot. How are we going to split this seminar? This first seminar, what I want you is to energize you and ex explain to you the big opportunity that we as a woman have in the workplace. And hopefully you can get very energized with that. The second presentation and the second seminar is going to be talking about, you know, it is a great opportunity, but let me share with you how many challenges and traps you can fall into. It is being in the, in, in the workplace many times, I'm talking about in a more worldly workplace, it is a risk. You better believe it. It is a risk. And you better have the call from God to work in those places. I have no doubt about it. I have no doubt about it. In the third seminar, I will be sharing with you the effective way of ways of sharing Christ in the workplace. And it's going to be that is where my passion is. And the reason is because it's so simple and sometimes we miss it. Because we're so busy that we miss those details. The fourth seminar is going to be Amy. And Amy will be speaking about uh, work-life balance. That's basically the questions that comes a lot in our website. Um, GYC have created this seminar because of all the questions that we receive from women. And that's why we thought it was very important. That would be the fourth seminar. The fifth seminar is going to be talking about, is, is it really God calling me to work, in the, be in the workforce? 
and that will be Amy. And then the sixth one, she's going to bring a panel of uh, ladies that have had the experience, and then they will share their experiences with you, okay? That's how we are splitting this. Now, moving on with, if this thing works, with the presentation. Now, what we have over here is, is a quote that I really, um, it really impressed me. It says, but God, and this is from Manuscript 6, 1902. But God calls for workers who reach those of higher classes, who if converted, could in turn work for those in their own standing. He desires to see converted talent and converted influence enlisted in his work. Don't you think that's God's desire? It is his desire. It says, the Lord is working upon men and women of talent and influence. For me, that is the most powerful part. He is already what? Working on them. He's working on them. Leading them to connect with those who are giving the last message of mercy to the world. Amen. If you read that and you meditate in what that really means, what that really means is that when God is calling you to a workforce, to work in any environment, he is the one leading. So when you're going to top situations at work, what is the first thing that comes to our mind as human? Run away. Let's move on. Let's find another job. Have you realized if God is just letting you go in through that because he's trying to reach somebody else's heart? Let me tell you, the best way to reach and open the eyes of other professionals is when they see in others, when they know and they see that you're going through hard times and you respond completely different way than the rest of the world responds. It is hard, let me just tell you, it is hard. It, is hard. it actually costs many tears in your pillow. And take a shower and pray and ask the Lord for strength. One of the things that I found very effective when I deal with in situations like that, it was always, I will just pray for that person as I will just look at them. <laughs> because sometimes it's even hard to deal with people that are very difficult. But I will challenge you, this quote is telling you, if God called you to be there, no question asks. You should actually be patient and understand what is God's purpose and to whom God is trying to reach. Even if you don't have the answer, running away is not always the solution. It's not always the solution. It develops patience in you, let me just tell you. It will, it will um, develop your character. Now, one thing that I found fascinating, I forgot that it's, the computer is here, is that you think that we may be the only ones that are thinking about this. Let me just tell you, we are not alone. We, meaning Seventh-day Adventists, are not alone. There have been a movement that started actually in the mid-90s of sharing Christ in the workplace. And if you don't believe me, just go and check how many websites, just search do a search on sharing Christ on the, in the workplace, and you will get dozens of websites and movements. But I will share with you, I tried to find a uh, more recent um, uh, quote, but I found one that it was written in, uh, I think it was in 2000, it says, um, in, no, in November 1999, Business Week's magazine noted that five years ago, only one conference on spirituality and the workplace could be identified. 
Now, meaning in 1999, there were hundreds. And I will tell you, now there's a lot, a lot more. Uh, there are more than 10,000 Bibles and prayer groups. That is just in 1999. Right now, when I search on the web, it's about 50,000, 60,000 that they can identify. Those are prayer groups in the workplace. And I'm not talking about Adventists. I'm talking to Christians that are willing to share Christ in the workplace. Two years later, Fortune magazine confirmed the existence of a movement in a cover story, God and Business, reporting the marketplace presence of a mostly unorganized mass of believers who wants to bridge the traditional divided between spirituality and work. The article went on to say, historically, such folks operate below the radar and on their own small work groups where they pray and study the Bible, but now they're getting organized and going public. I think, you know, is, this, is a, this is not only a movement, I'm not here to promote that movement, I'm just here to just share with you that there is a burden, just actually validating the quote that we just read. God is working in those people's heart. He's just waiting for you. He's just waiting for you. Now, there is one thing that came to my mind recently, I don't know if you have that mindset, but uh, we tend to compartmentalize your life. You know, you just, I don't know, I'm having trouble with that. But basically, you think work, and then you think my spiritual life, and then I think uh, outreach. And it's almost like you, we put things in pieces. And to be honest, if you think about what you're trying to do, it just doesn't make any sense because every single talent that God has given you, every single gift, your mind, the ability to speak, the ability to even read anything belongs to God. What that means is that work is part of, of, of a place where he puts you, but it's a place where he wants you to use the gift for his glory. But do not think, I just feel bad of people saying, I wish I can quit my job and then go and, you know, work and evangelize and work on this. Well, that is important. I'm not minimizing that. I'm just saying, hold on, hold on. There's other ways, and you just have to think about it and realize that, you know, you may be missing a point. Now, whoops. Risk management. I mentioned at the beginning that this is a risky area. And I am so glad that I can tell you by experience. It is very risky. Um, and I feel bad when somebody just wants to jump without proper thinking and proper preparation for it. Um, I, I, I am trying to stop myself from sharing my testimony, but you will hear about that tomorrow. But I will tell you that I was one of those that had no knowledge, no understanding the risk that I was getting into. And, um, and it was not a fun experience, but it was very productive, as I mentioned. But I will read this to you. It says, in the history of man, we learn how dangerous is prosperity. It is not the men who have lost their money and their property who are in the greatest danger, but those who have attained a fortune and are placed in a high position. This needs careful, earnest labor. Adversity may depress, but prosperity what? Elevate presumption. 
Now, the second seminar will be talking about this risk, and just don't miss it because it's very important. If you think about it, um, think about David. Think about Solomon. But on the other side, think about whom? What, who comes of the faithful, professional, in your mind from the Bible? Daniel. Who else? Joseph. It is amazing that in the Bible we have examples of how to avoid some of those risks that you can take in your workplace, that you uh, may, and some traps that you may fall into. Now, the other part that I want to say is um, when you are in a work environment, especially in the corporations where they are, there is, it is for, for profits, there is a lot of demands. And there are two components of development. Have you heard about your development plan? Do they talk to you about your development plan when you're in your workplace? Development plan is that corporations, they expect that every year they raise the bar for you. So you get into this level of performance and what happened next year? That's your standard. You actually lost so many nights of sleep to be able to get there. And you may think that this is gonna be the end of it. No, that's your standard now moving forward. What do you have to do next year? They raise the bar for you to be a good employee and a good stay in a good performance level. You have to increase. You have to do better. You have to be more efficient. It is expected. Now let me ask you this question. As a Christian woman, do you think that we have limits? It just gets to a point where you just have to, what am I gonna do? It just gets to a point where it's overwhelming. Now let's just talk then, is God expecting us to keep up with our profession? That's a question that we need to ask. I strongly believe that God is calling us for excellence. And we need, if God is calling us to be nurses, to be teachers, to be whatever the name it will be, God is expecting us to be excellent. And to be excellent, you have to keep up with a level of development. You have to keep up with a level of development. And I, when I share with you the basic elements of witnessing, that is just one of the basic elements of witnessing. You have to keep up with the profession. Now. There is a big difference between that and competing. <laughs> there is a big difference between that and being wanting to be number one. And that's what they try to get you into the competition of being number one. That's the one that you're gonna run away from it because that's not your job. God will put you in whatever level in whatever ranking he wants you to be. Now, there is another component of, element, of development that I wanna share with you. God is expecting you to develop the skills of reaching out to people's heart. And just listen and read this quote. Let me see if it comes. But this is from Evangelism, page 556. It says, but in order to do this, that means um, reaching out and, and, um, to other people, to other workers, it says, all the workers will have to keep themselves up to high level of what? Of intelligence. It is a responsibility. They cannot do this work and sink down it to a low common level. I would call it mediocre level. <laughs> Feeling that it does not matter how they labor or what they say. They will have to sharpen up and be armed and equipped in order to present the truth how? intelligently 
and to reach to what? To higher classes. Their mind must rise higher and show greater strength and clearness. It just continues. I encourage you to read that section. But God is not only calling you to be excellent in what he calls you to do, but what else is calling you? In step up, actually, and also be excellent on reaching to others at that level. To always find a way to get to people's heart. It is not responsible from our perspective as professional to actually um, leave your spiritual, it's not actually, don't get confused, I'm not talking about your spiritual relationship with God, I'm talking about developing techniques to reach out to other people. So what you're doing today is the right thing to do. What you're doing this weekend of coming to GYC and going to seminars and trying to find different topics and develop yourself, you know, it is what God is calling you to do. It is your responsibility. He doesn't want you to stay at the mediocre level. So now you will probably say, this is too much. Now I need to keep up with my professional development and also with the outreach development. That is not too much. That is not too much. You will see. Just be a good management of your time. What I will ask you is, and I will challenge you, balance. Ask for wisdom to balance those two developments area. Okay. Uh, but what Satan is going to do is going to put some pressure. It's going to put some pressure to focus only on what? Professional development. Professional development. Now, I mentioned, and I want to clarify that, when I talk about that development, I repeat again, I'm not talking about development of uh, your relationship with God in a daily basis, your devotional time. That is absolutely different. Absolutely different. And in, uh, very important. Any opportunity for a professional now? I just want to talk about the fact, do you think there is opportunity out there for us? There is opportunity out there for us. Um, I was surprised. Let me just tell you. I was looking on the web, and I was surprised about what I found. And actually, um, Amy gave me um, a YouTube, actually, uh, program. this week that actually confirmed that. But did you know that actually um, of the 122 million women age 16 and over in the United States, 72 million or 59.2% were in the labor force participant in 2009? You're talking about how many? 122 million women in the workforce. Now, did you know that women are the majority in the workforce right now? How did that happen? How did that happen? <laughs> and why do you think that happened? Well, actually, we, we cannot actually um, get any credit for it. Actually, it's just a changing in um, industry. What happened like 50 years ago? What was the major um, work opportunity for people. Manufacturing. You need heavy people that can carry, that can move, that can do manual things. And then to lead those people, who do you need? Men that can just do most of that work. So it's not by no means uh, saying we are better or anything like that. It's just that it seems like things are shifting on the skill sets that are needed. 
and it seems like women that have those skills. And many times I just think about um, the skills that God had given to each woman about um, managing things at her home. <laughs> I think it's actually working out now in what corporations need in a daily basis. Um, look at this, since 1984, the number of women in graduate school has exceeded the number of men. Can you believe that? Have you lived that? Have you seen it? <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I'm just surprised. Why, why is that happening? So it's not only that. It, for whatever reason, females, they tend to be more educated. They're just striving to be more educated. Praise God for that. Now let me ask you, does God see what is happening? It is, it is a huge responsibility what we all have in our hands right now. It is a huge responsibility, and I hope you take it very serious. 59% um, of bachelor degrees and 60% of master degrees conferred to females, conferred to females. Now, I will tell you that in a corporation, um, it's even shifting more. And the reason why I'm saying that, um, they cannot look for women. They cannot just say, oh, we need a female, or we want a female. They just can't say that because that would be discrimination, no? But the reality is when they go to interview, they just surpass big times in their skill set and their experiences. Now, what are the types of jobs that they, um, that they are looking? Oh, I'm probably going ahead myself. I just want to share with you something. Um, the number, let me just share with you some trending. This trending that you see over here, it starts in 1870. It's, I've went that far. I really went to check all those numbers. I enjoy dealing with numbers and putting graphics together. I just, I like that. So I went back and I checked in the, um, how many women were in the workforce since 1870. And we found that from 1870 to 1950, so you're talking about 80 years, only 10% of the workforce increased during that time. Only 10%. I, there is a big, between 1970 and, um, and 2000, there's a big chunk over there where it actually increased from 25 to uh, 50%, 50%. Now it's 51.2% of the labor force is female, they are female. Um, it just represents a challenge for actually the workforce. It represents a challenge because everything is changing, the way that they set up the, even their offices and things like that. It's just a huge challenge that we have, that you know, we used to have. And um, I will tell you why is this happening. There is a lot of potential for women. The corporations, they see the potential. You know where do we, we used to like to hire females? in the sales force, in the sales force. But why? Aha, <laughs> uh -huh, we are more persistent and convinced. Aha, uh aha. -huh. Uh -huh. You know, <clears throat> it was amazing. It was in the sales. It was actually in the, you know, the, the service area. We, we know that the women tends to be more empathetic and things like that, but um, Women, I'm going to read you this. The innate, innate, in, is that how it's called? Innate female ability to discern fine shades of meaning and negotiate. 
with an ability to negotiate that is amazing. Um, I, I was just thinking is why, 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 why? There's so many mothers that I think needs to handle kids and they need to negotiate with them. And I think that's developed over there. Um, it says, it negotiates what is unseen will turn out to be essential competitive tool in the workplace for this century. Plenty of women conduct themselves with style and grace. Even if the negotiation is tough, they can still smile, they can still ask you for your family and how you're doing. They remember that you talk about you know, a son that was sick and they will just bring it again. And all of a the sudden, they don't even realize that they're just into this negotiation. They just bring their walls, they come down, and all of a the sudden, they get their way. Now, um, it says, but I'm going to explain why that happened. It says, plenty of women conduct themselves with style and grace, excelling at public relations and relationship building. So public relations, that's so one of the things, and um, um, spokespersons for company, I noticed that too. It says, all of this comes easy for women. Research shows that women are more intuitive, able to use both right and left side of the brain. That is really this, the, the, the situation. We tend, <clears throat> this is not everybody. I'm just saying this is in the, the majority. I'm not saying that males are not able to use both sides of the brain. That's, that's not what I'm implying. But what I'm saying is that there's a tendency that females are by far use, it's easier for them to use both sides of the brains. Um, women tends to have a more balanced brains, where men tends to have a more specialized brain. Have you noticed when, um, and this is so obvious, I know everybody will identify with this, when they get into cars or any topic, computers, they just know it all about that. You know, they know the year of that model and they just see that car and they just see it miles away. And they can identify and they know the challenges, I know who made it and it, we women, they just, just give me a car that it works and that it gets me here and there, you know. Um, for them, they're just very specialized. They just, they just focus on that, many of them, I'm not saying. Um, translated this, that women tend to have a less specialized brain with talents distributed over a larger area. For example, men to have, tend to have a language concentrated on the left side of the brain and may lose all language ability with a damaged left brain. Where women um, have language talent spread over both hemispheres. So that means when there is, if there is an accident, women, they tend to still use, um, they don't lose their ability to speak. It says, um, the observations are based on statistical average of many people. Every person is different. Many women have a specialized brains and become expert, and many men are balanced brains and become good managers. So by no means I'm not setting a rule. But however, the trends are strong. This is only a tendency. Men with more specialized brains, uh, more they are more likely to become genius and experts more likely to become absent-minded experts and be poor managers. Oh, I probably touched something, uh, because sometimes, you know, when you have a really bad manager, you, I don't want you to think now, oh, this is just only. 
this just it's a good it's a bad manager because he doesn't use all his brain so don't don't even try to say that but um, the musicians and craftsmen specialists in any field and any career using, using spatial, spatial um, sense men tend to be very narrow focused so they miss other details around them now when you think about this um, you have to think about the fact that have you noticed that always good CEOs, what do they have? A good secretary. And if you want something, you just go to them, to the secretary. They know everything about what is going on. They, their job is to remember and remind the CEO, you have an appointment with this, and remember that you have to take this with you. And you know what? I remember when I had a secretary that worked with a CEO, and they, we were sharing the secretary. And I was going to travel, and let me just tell you, I, will, I used to receive a binder. And in that binder, like this, something like this, it was detail by detail where I was supposed to be. Not only that, the reservations to the restaurant where I was supposed to eat, Actually, at what time I needed to be at the hotel? And it was like minute by minute schedule. I loved it. I got kind of spoiled by it. But, um, but I never got lost. But in, in some way, I saw the value of that. So if I work too long with her, I'm pr pretty sure I will stop using one side of my brain. Because she actually did everything. Um, but th that is the point. The point is that here's, the, here's what, where I want to get at. It is not the position what makes a difference. It's the influence that you have on others. And as women, we have to think about this. Never focus on a position. Never, 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 never. As a secretary, as a cleaning person, any position that you play in, you probably are influencing more than what you think. You have to think based on influence, on the influence that you're having on others. And, um, and God can use many women because of their ability to influence, because of their ability to be able to see and understand many things that are happening at the same time. I will share with you these last statements here. Women are more balanced brains, better at managing generalist thinking and initiative thinking, president, CEO, manager, supervisors, mother, nurses, secretary, and lawyers, cook, and teachers. You know, they can be all that. Um, hospitals are almost run by nurses. Specialist males, doctor, ask the generalist nurses what is happening with their patients. Secretaries are exceedingly important at keeping most organizations operating smoothly, thereby making the CEO the specialist successful person. Most men do not seem to be very adept of being house husbands, which involve, involve keeping track of many things happening at the same time. So the point, the reason why I'm bringing this is actually, women are found to be very influential at the workplace. That's really why I'm bringing this. Because women tends to have more control or ideas of what is going on around you. Women tend to remember by nature the birthday of the son of the coworker. They tend to remember details that by nature men they just don't, don't think about those things. So we tend, women tend to be more influential and that's why I strongly believe 
that a generation, a young generation that can be witness for God, whom God can use women in the workplace in a very mighty way that you may never Im imagine. It says, it's not position but influence what it matters to bring people to Christ. I will tell you one thing. I remember that working late in my office, you know, I was very good friend with the cleaning people. I knew their names. Why? Because I was late. They were always afraid of interrupting me and then coming and empty the garbage bag and things like that. But I will never forget um, the guards were also my friends. Um, because I will leave, they were always concerned of me coming at three o'clock in the morning and just opening the door and they were always monitoring who was that early in the office. I remember my friend Kathy called me sometimes and she was two hours difference. I was in California and I remember, I knew you were gonna be in the office. Um, but I will tell you that I had the most beautiful experiences with those people, understanding what was going on with their life, why they were there. Um, and two, when I left the corporate world, um, it was a very emotional situation for me. Work for me is, is, is a delight. <laughs> I enjoy giving my talents to the Lord in any capacity that God calls me. And I remember that um, leaving late at night, the worst thing is when you find one of those people and they want to talk to you. And you just want to go home. But I remember spending the time with them, painfully sometimes. Um, um, two years and a half ago, two years ago when the GYC was in San Jose, I decided to go back. Um, after I left corporate, the cor uh, corporate world, I never wanted to go back to visit because when I said I left, I was leaving, I wanted to leave. I really wanted to leave. Not because it was wrong, it's because God was calling me to something different and I knew I should not even get close because I would be tempted to go back. And I will never forget when I went back two years ago before GYC um, was in San Jose, I went and I decided and I will never forget parking in the visitor's parking. That for me was an emotional experience. I could not believe I was just parking in the visitor's parking. It was closer to the door, I liked that. But, um, when I started walking um, into the building, towards the building, I remember the guard opened the door, far away he recognized me. And he started waving and screaming, Maria, Maria, they call me Maria. My name is Maria Magdalene, that's why. And um, for me, that was like a sign that, okay, God, I'm fine. And I went in and he said, are you coming back? Are you coming back? And um, you know, he started to tell me about what happened in his life during those two and a half years that I, was, I um, haven't seen him. And it was so beautiful when he shared with me the experiences that they have, how much he missed my talks with him. Now, I will tell you that God have you, whatever you are working, I have no doubt that God have you for a purpose. Um, I will share also, not only at that level, but the influence that I have at higher level tomorrow again, but um, I will tell you one thing. Influence is the most important thing. Protect that. Protect the influence. Influence can be damaged with minor things. It could be damaged actually you wearing something that probably is not appropriate. It could be damaged walking with the wrong group of people. It could be damaged by actually not smiling one day. 
I learned to smile even if my heart is not happy. I learned to say good morning with energy and with hope because I know many people were hopeless there. Um, the work environment could become really lonely and very heavy environment. It is our job with our influence to change that. It is our job. And um, I will tell you in the next seminar um, many places where God put me that were really tough for me and how God really taught me many lessons, many lessons working with those people. Satan is going to try to get you into a trap where your influence will be damaged. And watch out. It's not going to be with big things. It's going to be with little things. It's going to be with the office supply. It's going to be with those, you know, those clips, black clips that really clip the papers really nicely, taken at home for the potato chips. You may think that's a small thing. We budgeted because we knew that 10 to 20% of those supplies were going to go home with people. That is very sad. That is very sad. Christians, watch for the little things. That's where Satan gets you. It's not in the $10,000 stealing. It's not in that. And that, you think the managers, they don't realize that. They see it. It's so, especially if they're a woman. We have this sense of knowing. We don't count how many clips are, but we know, I don't know, the level in the box, how they are. And you know exactly what was going on in the office, and you know that something is not right. But sometimes you just choose to keep your mouth shut. Sometimes you choose, you choose to actually increase your inventory to make sure that you have enough for the potato chips at home. And the sad part is when I go and visit, I am so bad. My brain just, I just, I hate that. I will go to their houses and I will just, want it. I'm not kidding. I just look at those things. And I notice, and I just notice. I just can't say anything. I just need to smile and ask God for patience and for, just forget about those things. That's so small. But as a Christian, it is so beautiful when you see that somebody is so honest. It's just, it's so beautiful. And he's noticed. Next seminar, I will share with you a testimony of how God, with small things like that, can make a difference that can touch those hard, harder people that you think they're just impossible to deal with, impossible to be reached. No, only those small things will make a big difference in their lives. So this morning, I want to open, just in case somebody have a question or a desire to make any comment. Yes. Yeah, to be honest, I checked that. I really checked that because I was curious to see if it was increasing because by nature, you know, there's more women. But no, it just stays within, it varies, you know, every year it just changes. But it's always stayed within the 51, 50. No, it just doesn't change. That's not really the, the main reason. Yeah, I was hoping that that was the answer, but it is not. You know, one of the things is the jobs that now they are created, they require a lot of creativity. For example, when web design and, I don't know, graphic designs and things like that, you require a lot of uh, artistic and creativity. You need people that are leading, that are able to foster environments that can do things like that. So by nature, it is just that the opportunities that are open in the workplace, women will tend to excel, 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 accelerate excel the, the males, just by nature of how things are just coming up.
And then women are getting more prepared and more educated. So that's, that's amazing to me. That's for me just amazing. Uh, any other question? Yes. Mm -hmm. They're not really actually as, you know, kind of like men are. Mm -hmm. And so I think women are really to strive for that. Mm -hmm. and I know that we should never strive for anything. Uh, what I mean by that, in the way that the world strives for that. Um, we're going to be talking in the next seminar about politics at work, you know, and what does that really mean. Um, as a Christian, you have to be very careful. You should never get in a position unless the Lord is calling you to be there. Every single step that you take, it is a risk. It is dangerous. I'm not kidding. I just want to share this with you. It is dangerous. So if your life is completely surrendered to God, God will put you in the place where he knows you're ready for that, to witness for him. So striving and trying, I'm not saying that there is wrong to, you know, wanting to be in a position, but just prayfully consider, talk with God, make sure that that's where he wants you, that make sure that that's going to be okay with you, because I will be worrying more about your soul than anything else. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the fourth seminar this afternoon, Amy will be covering that topic. Um, also, you will have the opportunity on the last seminar tomorrow. I think it's uh, the second seminar in the morning. She's going to have um, women that had their personal life, family, and their profession and how were they able to balance and the decisions that they made and why? I think that's a very good question and it's something that, yes, it will be covered. Um, as I mentioned, the reason why we have this seminar is just responding to your questions. And those are questions that are coming on the uh, GYC website a lot. And those are very important questions and we want to be able to answer that in the very Christian way, yes. That's a very good question. And that's a question that sometimes is, first thing is, where, let's ask where does competition start? Where, where, what was the origin of the competition? Where did that start, the competition? Okay, sorry, sorry. Well, I'm a counselor, but I like to sell. Mm -hmm. I discovered service for me to like to sell. Mm -hmm. I need to sell. But I don't have a competition anymore. Mm -hmm. I have to do my best mm -hmm. to advance the customer. I really care about the customer. Mm -hmm. And at the end, if she feels so nice to me, I will be the best friend and mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I don't need to be a competition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I never come to be a competition. I say, Lord, in the morning 
And that is a very good point. But I want to bring that because I know where she's going also is the pressure that you feel. And everything is set up in the sales environment, for example, for competition. Because that's the way to motivate sales. It is just the nature of the business, period. And the problem with sales is just the techniques, the line, they're hiding um, you know, facts that are important. And that's where I think the Christian will have a hard time in the sales environment. There are some areas that I think a Christian is very hard. It's not only hard, I will really be more cautious than in others, and sales will be one of them. Because the way that the environment is set up is set up for competing. Competition started in heaven. And competition started in, in heaven. Satan want to be in the first place. And that's the, that sinful side of you, that's what companies take advantage of. That's exactly what they take advantage of. So I will not only pray, but I will probably try to get out if he, that is the pressure is too much. Because you've got to balance those things. Now, um, there are some times, and, and one of the risks that you take as a Christian woman is to get st- stuck where you are. And, and I will share with you that um, in the next seminar, I actually touched that. It's just as a Christian, we need to be able to be free and walk away when we think it's the time to walk away. But the sad part is many Christians are living a life that are stuck. And you will understand why. And that's the trap that we're got, where Satan wants you. So remember one thing. If it's time to walk away with prayerfully consideration, walk away. Don't be afraid. I walked away five years ago, but not because, you know, I, you know, you will see that God was using me and things like that. It was not easy to walk away. You always question how people are going to just react, how people are going to think about you. I, I gave up, and giving up, you know, when you're working in a competitive environment, giving up is just almost not an option. You better die, but I will not give up. Sometimes we have to give up and walk away because you have to wait what is eternal and what is just man pressure. And walking away is the, actually not the right thing to do, but it takes more courage. And by the way, you walking away, you're giving a testimony to so many that you will be like, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. That's a strong person, a strong person that is able to walk away because of principle, and he's not responding to other people's pressure. God will take care of the rest. Trust me, God will take care of the rest. Don't worry, but don't put yourself in a position where it's going to be hard for God to reach out to you. Because if you get into debts and you're just trapped like a, you're stuck because you do have other responsibilities and you've got to wait, and then that's a different story. So I, my, my happiness this, this weekend is the fact that you as a young person is coming here. Avoid Avoid to fall into those traps. And God will use you in a mighty way. God will use you that in ways that you can never imagine. But you, it's, a different, it's a different mindset that you need to have. You cannot follow the trend of the world. You have to just be different um, with small things, not big things. So other than that, any other question? Let's close, close with a word of prayer.
Our Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you again for the opportunity that you're giving me to share this with these ladies. Father, we want to ask for your Holy Spirit to work in everybody's heart, work in my heart. Help us to be faithful with the talents that you have given to us. Show us the place that you want us to use of your talents, Father. Help us to be humble. Help us, up, Father, to be excellent in everything that we do. And we want to give ourselves to you and give us wisdom into what do we need to do for next, Father, to continue serving you. And we want to ask that you give us wisdom as we continue today and bless these meetings, Father, that everybody that is in different meetings, they can be impacted in a very mighty way, Father. Give them, Father, your Holy Spirit and let these youth, Father, start running like crazy to share your message with others. And not let Satan disturb the purpose why they came here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This message was produced by GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. GYC seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians in contemporary contexts. To download or purchase other resources like this, or if you have been blessed by GYC and would like to donate, visit gycweb.org or email info at gycweb.org. You could also reach us via mail at P.O. Box 3786, Ann Arbor, Michigan, 48106. This recording is licensed under Creative Commons. This means you can copy and share it with anyone you'd like. Please attribute this recording to GYC wherever you reuse it. And keep in mind that resale and alteration are strictly prohibited.